Hello and welcome to episode 5 of I Hate This Movie. I am Isaiah. With me as always is Ashley. Hello. And uh, this week we watched the movie Rank. We did. It was the one I was the picker, you were the hater. So why don't you kind of just go over what the story was, or the movie was about? Uh, the movie was about a guy who wants to be a musician. Uh, who by lucky circumstances. Sheer luck, yes, sheer luck. Sheer luck ends up playing for a band. They ask him to help record an entire album. Well, no. As the keyboardist. They they trick him, yeah, as a keyboardist. They trick him initially. They don't tell him it's going to be to record an album. They say, hey, we need you for a big gig in Ireland. And this takes place in England, most of it anyways. And so... He goes to, to play this gig, and it turns out that they're going to be, like, staying at this house. Uh, recording until the album is done. Yeah, recording the album until the, uh, recording until the album is done, which turns into over a year. Yeah, over a year. And then they go to South by Southwest, mm-hmm. which is a big uh, festival down in Texas, and things go terribly. And the whole time, the lead singer of this band wears a fake head that he never takes off. It looks like the big boy head. Wait, what? I think there's like a big boy, something big boy, where it's just like this huge childlike head. Well, whatever it is, it's a very plain head. Uh, just the size or shape of a lemon, two big round eyes, an open mouth. There was, I noticed a little fan on the side of a little battery pack to keep him cool. And, like, they even showed him in the shower with it. But uh, he was Frank, the main yes. character of the movie. <coughs> so, and how how this band becomes famous, it was kind of interesting, was that um, John is the main character. Yes. And he... Is John he, is the keyboardist. Yes, and he is big on Twitter, tweets everything about his life. Mm. And, and he's got a blog on Tumblr. And a blog. I and thought that was kind of cool how they'd mix that in, like, on screen every yeah. now and then. They'd, like, well, he, you'd see him type it on his phone, and then, like, on in, like in the corner of the screen, it would put out a tweet by this character mm-hmm. saying, this is going on, or whatever. So, I thought that was kind of cool. But he, while they were recording their album, he would upload videos and tweets about the band and Frank, and they became this kind of overnight sensation, and that's how they got invited to South by Southwest. Well, not necessarily an overnight Overnight, okay, over a year, but kind of a cult following. That, and it also helped that the music that this band was making... Was very different. It matched... A guy who wears a fake head his entire life. It was just weird. Yes, yes. That being said, I found myself uh, really liking some of the songs. They're off the beaten path for sure, but they've got a kind of a unique quality yeah. to them that I enjoy. I, I can't wrote down that it's kind of like Modest Mouse meets Flying Lotus, maybe? Yeah. I don't know about the modest mouse. The flying lotus for sure, just with the odd time signatures, but still having kind of a pattern. Well, I thought sometimes um, just like when he was singing, especially like the last song and the first song, it sounded like a lot of 
like Monix Mouse. To me, at least. I suppose I can see that. So Frank had several of these masks that you kind of see and notice throughout the movie. And I think the biggest kind of like shocking moment was after they completed the album, John steps out and sees who he thinks is Frank hanging from a tree. And it ends up being uh, their manager who had just taken one of Frank's many masks and put it on. Right. And so... Everybody freaked out because they thought it was Frank. They thought it was Frank. They started trying to help him out Mm -hmm. before they had even taken the uh, head off. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden the real Frank with the different head comes walking around the corner. And then it's kind of funny that they gave him a Viking funeral. They did. It was kind of, it was weird. But they didn't actually send the boat just off into the distance because it was a lake. So they just set him on fire and pushed the boat out, but had it like tied to the dock by a rope. Yeah, and when when the boat came back in, they then took the ashes of their friend and put it in like a little coffee bin. Yeah. To spread his ashes later. Which didn't go very well. Um, so then they go to SW, SXXW, or SXSW, South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. And through a chain of events, we won't go into it just because we want you to go and watch the movie, but the band kind of breaks up and it ends up being just John and Frank that are up there. Well, spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about some twists and turns that happens in the movie. Okay, so. well, let me just finish. I'm almost done. Okay, sorry. So Frank and John are up there. Frank has a huge mental breakdown. A mental breakdown and completely loses it on stage. And then later, you know, weeks I would say it was later. A, I would say that's a long progression breakdown. Okay, a long progression. but You're, You said you were going to wrap this up really quick and you're starting to dive into it. I'm wanna, sorry. I'm sorry. And I want to dive in, but okay. you won't let me. Okay, let me finish. I'm almost done. I know. You keep um, so then a couple weeks later, they're in their hotel, and John and Frank get into it, and John tries to wrestle the mask off, and John or Frank ends up running away. And then John, you know, does goes on this elaborate search looking for him. And that's kind of where the story ends. It's not. Well, it's not. He finds... The he, end? Yeah. No, he finds Frank, and then... So anyways, you wanted to dive deeper... What would you like to talk about? Well, we'll go kind of from the start of the notes, so kind of back to the start of the movie. I like it at the beginning how they showed that he was a musician Mm -hmm. without him just being like in a band or just listening to music or whatever. He was just standing around looking at stuff like trying to make up a song in his head. Yeah. And based on like what he was seeing and like you could hear him narrating just like different random tunes with random just like stuff that happened to be going around going on around him and i don't know i thought that was kind of a, a cool way to show yeah he's and trying I, to be an artist and i i wrote down too that i was really excited that in throughout the movie each of the actors actually sang and played instruments which i thought that was neat that's just a creative tool yeah that is not often used in movies and so like i was excited that you know the actor that was playing john actually sang and played the piano the actor that played frank actually sang you know 
um, the actor that played the guitar, and so on and so forth. And so that I just thought that was just a neat little yeah. add-on. Well, and Maggie Gyllenhaal played the theremin. Is that what it was? I couldn't the, figure out what she was playing. Yeah, it's called a theremin. It's a weird sci-fi instrument that... And like if you like think of the original, like there's like it just looks like there's like a huge like needle, and she just like hit the air around. No, it. she would like move her hand in and out. You'd like pinch her hand. If you've ever seen like the original Star Trek, and the theme song, well, I haven't. But you, you know what the theme song sounds like. Okay. Is that the song that's in the movies? No, but it's played on a theremin. Okay, so Maggie Gyllenhaal was playing the theremin, but all of the music that they played was, like, really bizarre. Well, they created their own sounds. Yeah, Frank kept talking about wanting to, like, push the corners of your Mm -hmm. musical capabilities, and that, I don't know, pushed them into some weird spots. But, like I said before, I did like some of their music i did too i thought that some of it you know i could listen to at you know any time of the day but then some of the music it was almost like it was too much for my brain there was too much going on yeah like too much weird noises he would like growl and like sing really low so you couldn't understand what he was saying i actually i get as the movie went on and we got to kind of know the characters a little bit more. I almost saw him as like a Sigur Rós type lead singer where he sees his voice not necessarily as a vocalist, but just as another instrument. Oh, okay. I can see that, yeah. And so instead of necessarily trying to sing beautiful lyrics, he's just using the sounds that his mouth makes to go along with the song. Okay. One funny thing was when they played the show at the beginning of the movie, when John first joins up with the band, Yeah. John has an XLR cord hanging out of his mic, or out of his head, which okay. essentially it hooks up a microphone mm-hmm. to a sound system. He's got that hanging out of his head for this live show. However, when they go to record the album, he no longer has the XLR cord. Instead, he holds a microphone on the outside of the head. And I feel like if you're going to record an album... You would need it the other way around. Well, he talked about how intensively they went over the songs over and over again to make sure every single aspect was right before they recorded. Okay, yeah. So, well, yeah, I guess that is if the mic is on the inside of the head, I just... I don't know, that, that was funny. Kind of like when... Uh, John was asking about like what he looks like under the mask, and he said he was thinks it's weird. And he goes, "Well, would it be better if I told you the facial expressions I have on my face?" Yeah, let's talk about that later, though. That's my favorite scene. Okay. Okay, so um, I thought it was interesting too that a lot of the characters met and spend time together in a mental hospital. Yeah. It kind of made sense just with how they're musical and John kind of talks about it too when he's trying to write his songs and he feels like he can't do it because he hasn't had that emotional breakdown that everybody else has had. Right. So, and then... But then he ends up using that time spent at the cabin. cabin. Yes. 
So he refers to that as as his abusive childhood yes, or as his yes. breakdown, which would make sense because everybody hates him except for Frank. Yeah, Frank they can't is. Stand I him. didn't understand why exactly everybody hated him so much, but maybe it was because he was fairly normal. Out of the, all of the bandmates, I, I don't know. Maybe it was because Frank immediately felt that connection to him. You know, jealousy can really mess with emotions. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. Because Clara hated him because... They were dating. Kind of dating. No, they were dating. Were Frank, they dating? Frank and Clara? Yeah. Yeah, they were dating. Then why did she have sex with John? Because she was a terrible person. And... It was angry sex. Let's be honest. Okay, one last thing... I want to talk about, and then we'll get into okay. the favorite scenes and things like okay. that. I was really actually disappointed with them actually revealing who Frank was. Oh, at the end? Because it lost the mystique. Like, this this whole persona that he had when he had the mask on was great, and I was really curious. And I felt like it would have been better had I not been told why he was the way he was. Oh. So, at the end of the movie... You find out that Frank, uh, he does, in fact, lose his head accidentally. He, uh, while running away from John, gets hit by a car, flies through the air, his head breaks. John, and he just runs away. That's what Ashley talked about earlier, and that he was going across the country looking for him. Ends up finding him in his hometown of Bluff City, Kansas. And it turns out John is, uh, like, mentally unstable. That's what his parents say. He's simple. He's like a Forrest Gump, essentially. See, I don't even like that analogy either. I would say he's it's almost more like he's bipolar. I disagree. You don't think so? He was too... Schizophrenic then? No, just simple-minded. Just Simple-minded? Like, yeah, like not entirely there. Like a okay. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump isn't necessarily retarded or yeah. whatever terminology is politically correct, but he just doesn't fully click like mm -hmm. you or I do. Gotcha. Okay. That's what I saw Frank as. Okay. And that let me down because I wanted Because you wanted him to stay an enigma? Yeah, I wanted him to just be this weird, different person gotcha. that was just kind of a mystery. Gotcha. And then you find out that it's just a bunch of people from Mental Ward following... A this guy around, yeah, yeah, this this simple guy around thinking that it's this like groundbreaking, incredible music when really he's just like, I mean, there was a whole montage of them out in the woods, like recording breaking sticks in half and like jumping mm -hmm. and just recording the dumbest stuff. And I felt like all of those scenes lost their their meaning really? because of who the ringleader was. I don't think so. I disagree with you. I myself was excited when Frank took off his mask and it was Michael Fassenberger underneath. Fassbender. Fassbender. Yeah, I actually... I was pretty excited about that. I actually wrote down at the end, is that Michael Fassbender? Yes. And then it turns out it was. It was. And so. the funny thing was, like, when he was talking, you couldn't even tell that it was him. No, that's why I wrote down, is that yeah. Michael Fassbender's? Okay, so moving on to favorite lines, favorite scenes. Yes. I'll default to you. Okay. Go ahead and give us your favorite scene and why. My favorite scene was, and Isaiah kind of touched upon this earlier, was when Frank and John are talking 
and John asks him about the mask, and Frank is like, would it be better if I told you my facial expressions out loud? And then he's like, you know, shy smile. I wrote down the first one he says. And I and they kind of did it like throughout the movie, and I just thought that was hilarious. And, you know, Maggie Gyllenhaal at one point like turns to Frank and is like, Frank, stop doing that. It is not funny. Big non-threatening smile. Oh, yeah. Big non-threatening smile. Big non-threatening smile. And the best part was that John would do it back to him. Like Frank yeah, couldn't see him. Tell him so his So I thought it was, it was kind of, I don't know. It was just something between like two friends i thought yeah. it was that you know they were building a relationship that was that that one was fighting to be one of my favorite lines okay my favorite line then is from the beginning and it's the first time that john sees the band and he turns to look um <laughs> their old keyboard player is is in the water of the ocean trying and, to drown himself yes and he asks the manager, he's like, are you guys playing tonight? And the manager response was, how? Our keyboard player is trying to drown himself. Yeah. So I thought that was just kind of yeah, interesting. Okay, so my favorite scene is going to throw you for a little bit of a loop in that it's not actually a very active scene. Okay. But it's towards the end, after the big meltdown at S, uh, South by Southwest. Okay. When he's sitting in the Chinese restaurant, right after the guy recognizes him as being famous for his YouTube videos about yeah. the band making the, the album. And it just pans to a quick shot of him just kind of sitting there looking through the restaurant. And it's kind of looking over his shoulder, or excuse me, directly at him. And the window, big bay window is behind his shoulder. And it's just a really beautifully shot piece yeah yeah piece together scene i actually wrote that down that it's a the whole movie is really beautifully done well it won sundance awards which makes sense yeah. after seeing visually it. it was very striking okay and then for my favorite line um i had uh the one written down a uh, big non-threatening smile yeah i really like that one but i think my favorite line is going to go to Ron, who was... Uh, the manager? Yeah, the manager, okay. the band manager. Uh, when he sat down to play John a love song that he wrote. Okay. And he went to the hospital. The reason he was in the mental hospital is he kept sleeping with mannequins. Okay. And I guess he just thought they were gorgeous and he kept... Yeah. Whatever, doing this stuff to these mannequins. And his love song, I don't know if he listened to the words he was singing, but uh, he kept saying, let me in, but stay still, but let me in. And essentially the whole love song was like an ode to mannequins, but it was sung like it was like a really serious love song. So I'm going to go ahead and put that entire song as my favorite. Okay. Line. If yeah, if you need a specific line, let me in, but stay still. Let me in, but stay still. Okay. Yeah, like a mannequin. That works. Okay, Isaiah. No, I. Oh yeah, you have to go last. Isaiah, did you hate this movie? I didn't. I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Um. Well, I didn't. I I enjoyed it, and I didn't enjoy it. You didn't um, like the end. Exactly. Like I said before, I feel like. Learning who he really was and why he was that way kind of 
almost, for lack of better terms, spoiled it for me. Okay. Ruined it. I don't know. No, but I didn't hate it. That's your opinion. Yeah. As far as, like, would I recommend it? Yeah. I would recommend it to somebody else. They, they gotta be the right person. Mm-hmm. I'm probably not gonna recommend this to my mom or dad. I mean, I would just so they can enjoy the podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know that my mom wouldn't necessarily enjoy it. She might find it interesting. Mm-hmm. Just because it is, it's a very unique movie. Yeah. It's not a rehashed storyline by any means. No. Oh, no. Very unique. Yeah. So, Ash? Yes. Did you hate this movie? I did not. I really liked this movie. Yeah. So, I would totally watch it again. I'd probably go out and buy it. So, I enjoyed it. I liked, you know, knowing his backstory, Frank's backstory. So, I didn't was not upset by finding out. I kind of wish that we had, they had defaced him earlier. Oh. I think so, it was too soon. I did not hate this movie, so. One of the positives, silver linings of this podcast is every now and then we'll stumble across a movie that we both yeah. enjoy. I think that was one of them. I think it was too. Okay. I really, I honestly didn't think you would enjoy it based on, and maybe I just have been living under a rock, but I had not heard of the movie mm-hmm. until I saw it browsing through Netflix, and based on what I read, I did not think you would enjoy no. it. No? Okay. So it really, honestly, was a happy little accident. No, oh, well, good. Okay, are you ready for next week's options? Yes, next week, uh, or I guess, yeah, for this, this selection, you are the picker. I am. I am the hater. Are you ready? Yes, ready for my three options. The theme is adventure. Okay, adventure. The first one is the eagle. The eagle? The eagle. Not eagle eye? No. Starring Shia LaBeouf? No. Sheila Booth. The Eagle. Okay, The Eagle. Sorry. The second one is Battle Royal. Battle Royal or Battle Royale? I think it's Royal. Is there an E at the end? There is. Royale. Royale. Battle Royale. I think that's how it goes. Okay. And the third one is Tomorrow When the War Began. Tomorrow When the War Began. Yes. That sounds exciting. We're going to go with Tomorrow When the War Began. Okay. You ready? Yes. Seven Australian teens return home from a holiday to find that their country has been invaded, forcing them to fight back and free their families. Invaded by whom? I don't know. It doesn't say. Well, that sounds exciting. So, this week on Netflix, we will be watching... Tomorrow, Tomorrow when the war began, we hope you too, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Well, here you know.